Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 158, and I am Whoa. joined by my new friend, Roman Perryman, host of Roman Around Podcast. How are you doing? Oh, life is good, man. I, I, uh, sitting here drinking a, a one year beer for, uh, there was a brewery that I got, or actually it was a haircutting place. I cut my, I got my haircut yesterday and, uh, and they gave me a nice beer. And so I'm here with you sitting down on uh, New Year's Eve, drinking my one year beer and uh, connecting with you, man. I am excited. And so thank you for having me, Chris. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. Um, I am having, it's actually, I'm, I'm having a Zevia. So we put this out on audio too. So for anybody that is not watching, I'm having a Zevia. It's one of my uh, favorite uh, fizzy drinks. And I actually put it in a Lululemon glass i don't know if you can see that (laughs) that's a nice little glass how do you get me one of those i i actually got it at a a local edmonton event um one of the stores here put it on it was before i i started having more involvement with lululemon which is what brought us together um so to to move along and kind of get my audience introduced to you uh who who are you what makes you who you are what are you most proud of if if somebody was to ask you that on the spot Hmm. great question um i think first of all i'm a connector that's that has been my that's the word that i was looking for for a good chunk of my life was like what do you call a person that just like loves meeting people and loves just having conversations with people connector came in and so I'm a connector first and then, uh, an experience seeker. I am, I am very intrigued with the world and, uh, what it, the opportunities that it has. And I just want to go out there and experience the world and share it with other people. And so that was kind of the, uh, basis of roaming around was like, I, I was meeting all these people. I wanted to learn more about them, what they were up to, and then get more people involved. And so, um, connector experience seeker. And then, uh, like everything I'm a, I'm a family man i'm a son i'm a i'm a brother uh brother and uh yeah i'm shoot i'm just an open book man just out here living day by day one day at a time trying to get better than i was yesterday and um and uh yeah having fun with the journey enjoying the journey enjoying the process of growing and uh we'll be doing this for the rest of our lives <laughs> well i mean i like your approach and your attitude attitude towards things because it kind of uh leaves you in an open position to sort of like learn and kind of like absorb everybody that you meet um if we hopped into a time machine and took us back five years where would that place you what was your life like then wow Five years ago, I was uh, I was a front tire changer in uh, NASCAR, and so I was a pit crew pit crew member for Hendrick Motorsports, um, and I was a com- probably I was a very completely different person than I was now. To be honest, uh, 
I was 23 years old, just graduated college, living life in the fast lane, literally like <laughs> playing in traffic and uh, traveling the world 38 weekends a year, um, or not traveling the world, traveling the nation, uh, the US 38 weekends a year and just going out and just meeting people. And I mean, I had never, five years before that, I had never, I had never seen a NASCAR race in my life. I've never seen one on TV. And then next thing you know, I'm, my dad's watching me on TV and I'm bringing him, all my friends to their first NASCAR experience. And they're walking in the pits. They got Jeff Gordon and they got Jimmy Johnson passing by them. And, and they don't even know who they are because they're not fans, but I got to give them that experience. And so, uh, yeah, five years ago, that's, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy to think about, especially because like I graduated high school in 2010 five years ago was 2015. Now we're going to 2021 tomorrow. It's like, uh, that's like a perfect question because it's like been 10 years since I've been out of high school, five years in college, five years out of college, and then kind of reflecting on back where I've been. And it's, uh, it's been, it's been a wild journey. (laughs) It really has two years in NASCAR and then got involved with Lululemon shortly after that. And then, uh, and been with them for three years. And so basically that encompasses the last five years. Well, the thing that I really like about that is it uh, it really points out the fact that we're the same age. Like uh, I graduated in 2010. I'm 28 now. I turned 29 mm. in February and we both have our podcast. We've had our podcast for similar periods of time for the most part. Yeah. And so it's just like there's so much that we can kind of like collaborate on with with our experiences, with uh, just what we've learned um when you talk about nascar it gets me really curious as to what was your introduction to that role what was like the icebreaker that had you working for for like that uh that role yeah so um i wrestled all through college wrestled all wrestled since i was six years old and then all through high school all through college big 12 finalist my senior year and then my strength coach got a call from a recruiter and he was the one, the NASCAR recruiter. And he was like, Hey, do you have any athletes that you could recommend and send my way? We'll have a tryout and everything. And then he gave, uh, two, two people the recommendation, me and one of my teammates. And from there, they invited me to a combine similar to like an NFL combine, vertical jump, bench press, jump rope, agility drills. Um, I smoked that, but there was over a hundred athletes there. And I, I mean, I, w- I had been just, just graduated college, still in college wrestling shape, right into NASCAR shape, which you don't have to be in college wrestling shape to be in NASCAR shape. So I was way ahead of the curve and, uh, they had NFL athletes, like guys that didn't make the NFL guys that didn't make the MLB, a lot of different athletes there. And then they brought 17 back to a two day camp after the first tryout. That's where they actually put the tools in your hands, saw how coachable you were and, um, and saw how you dealt with adversity because no one organically knows how to change tires that fast. And so when, uh, there's a lot of mistakes that are being made when you're, when your six teammates have never done a pit stop before. And so they wanted to see how you reacted towards, towards the adversity. And then, um, they ended up hiring seven. And I was one of seven they hired a whole pit crew and, uh, I was lucky to be, uh, be chosen. And I had just like thought like, man, with wrestling, it's kind of hard. Cause after college, it's like, it's only the Olympics or you're going to throw on some gloves and start fighting. It's kind of the only routes for those. And so with that being a third route, another Avenue, I was like, 
let's try it out and see what happens. And luckily I was brought on by a, uh, one of the winningest organizations in NASCAR, Hendrick Motorsports. And I had found myself a home there and they welcomed me with open arms. The next thing you know, I was, uh, traveling, traveling the circuit, but it all started with a recommendation from my strength coach who I, uh, spent a lot of time with in college developing Olympic lifts and things like that. And, uh, he really, he really, uh, we really developed a bond and I got that recommendation. And then, uh, I was the only one that made it. It was and, and me and my teammates battled every, the, the teammate he recommended battled every day in college. And then I got the job and he did it. And so I was like, who's really winning. <laughs> so in a situation like that, you won, has there ever been a situation where you've had a similar like head to head battle, whether it be you and someone else or you and yourself and you didn't win. And like, how did you react to that? Oh man, there's, I mean, with every win, I feel like there's at least a couple losses. I mean, I felt like I lost when <laughs> I, so the two years I was a NASCAR, I was, I mean, I was like, I was a good tire changer, but off outside the track, I was a wild card. You like, it was, I was just, I was out at every casino on the track on, on the circuit. I was out at every bar. I was a uh, yeah, wild card to say the least. And, and then when it came, we cut in time. I was the, I was one of the first people out, not because of my ability to change tire or tire changing abilities, but because of my actions outside the track. And so that was, uh, that was something that really surprised me because like I got the call. I was actually, I was in a yoga class every Monday after a race, we would do yoga with one of our yoga instructors who actually was, a I don't know if she was a Lululemon ambassador, but she was very highly involved with Lululemon and I was in a yoga class and I was like, uh, I was literally in like pigeon pose, head down. And my coach comes up to me and goes, you have a meeting with HR after the, after yoga. And then, and I, it was just in my ear. I didn't look up or anything. And then <laughs> after the yoga, I was like, this is it guys. I, I think I did it. You know, I think they're like, no, 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 no. This isn't it. I'm like, guys, we were in the middle of yoga and he came to tell me at an HR meeting this is it. <laughs> I got the call and then they were like, yeah, we're cutting your contract. And so that was one where I was heavily surprised in the moment, looking back on it, I was a liability. <laughs> and so I, I don't, I don't blame them at all, but it was, that was definitely one moment where I had to like, I had to eat that choice because it was just a culmination of all the bad choices I'd made previously. And then it just, it happened to really bite me in the ass. And so, um, I ate that one, but I mean, I didn't really plan on sticking in NASCAR for too long because it, there wasn't much passion behind it. And so learning that and getting the boot was kind of something I think I needed because at the, at, at the time I was like, everything was coming to me so naturally that I couldn't do any wrong. And so I was like, okay, I can do some wrong. And now let's kind of, uh, make some choices and not make the same mistakes, the party mistakes too much. For sure. And I mean, like to, to be totally honest, I think everybody's going to come across moments in their life where like things, things aren't going according to the template that they would want them to have gone. Like for every nugget of wisdom that we have, like every smart person out there is smart because they made mistakes or they struggled somewhere or, um, something didn't go the way that they would have wished it had gone had they done it 
twice kind of thing. Um, When I was doing a little bit of research on you, I mean, I did a quick Google and I found your website and I saw that there's um, some, some things that you hold very dear, like five, five things that you like that, that are important to you. I can't remember if the wording was core values or if they were just like rules of life. Um, When I talk about that, what kind of comes up for you? What are the things that are really important for you that need to happen in, in your typical week? Yeah. Um, I think I know what you're referencing and I, I call them my non-negotiables. And so, uh, one of them is, um, I gotta, I gotta work out. I gotta sweat. That's just, it's been engraved in my blood since I was a kid. I mean, I've, I started working out five days a week, probably at 10 at right when I turned double digits. And so it's been, uh, it's been very, it's been a good habit that I've ingrained in myself and I don't see that leaving at all. And so got to get your workout in no matter what it is, 20 minutes, hour and a half, whatever it looks like for you, get that movement in. I see you doing it all the time in the crib. I love it. I love it. You're getting it in. So boom, you got to do that water. You got to stay hydrated to go in, in a sport where you, you have to dehydrate yourself to make weight. There's a, there's like, like, there's and like hydration tests are actual like part of, uh, checking to see how much weight you can lose and things like that. When you grow up and in like, that is part of the culture where it's like, you can't eat what you want because you're going to be on a strict diet and you can't even like fill up your belly with, you can't even be hydrated at times. And so now that I'm not wrestling and I'm not competing, I am, I hit every water fountain I can when I'm walking, no matter where I am. It's like, I'm always walking around with a full water bottle, things like that. And like, I know where the good water fountains are too. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to drink from that water fountain because it's a little bit more room temperature. This one's cold over here. Follow me kind of thing. (laughs) Big on water, big on sleep too. I mean, you got to get your rest. Um, you got to get, uh, and then my meditation as well. Uh, I started meditating about two years ago and uh, I do it every morning. Right. When I wake up, I have a, a little eye pillow that I throw in my eyes do it laying down. I put some Joe Dispenza on and I just let it kind of go. Uh, and, uh, about 30 minutes every morning, it kind of just kickstarts my day. Uh, it actually started from like, instead of hitting a snooze, it was like, let me just play this meditation. <laughs> and so it's my alarm goes off. Meditation's already opened the night before click play on YouTube, go and meditate. Then the last one is kind of what we're doing here, man. Connection. It's like, I gotta have some kind of form of connection. I mean, whether it's uh, face to face, whether it's zoom, whether it's a stranger or a friend I've known all my life, I just gotta have that, gotta have that personal interaction with, with somebody, with anybody. And it's like, I mean, I remember even back in the day in college when it was like, uh, I don't even know what it's called a chat roulette. It was like, I was like chat roulette. Like I was just, yeah, just go and talk to people. Mom, I was like, Hey, what's up? They'd ask me, boom, next person's, Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Like just little things like that, that let me know, like now looking back, I'm like, damn connection really does mean something to me because I like it so much. And so those are kind of my five non-negotiables, the, uh, the water meditation, sweat, sleep connection. I love it. I mean, that's really relatable. That's, that's kind of something that aligns with, with how I look through life, how I see things. Um, that's why you're on the show. When I think about just things that, that sort of shape us, um, 
what kind of got you started with wrestling in, in the first place? Like, what was it that like sparked that flame? Yeah. So I was, um, I was on my way to wrestling practice when I was six years old. They called it ankle biter series. It was just like little kids and their, their pants. Literally my, I remember my pants, my knee pads, my, my quad pads or whatever. Like my, my knee pads were on my shins. My quad pads were, were like on my knees. I was such a small kid. Uh, but, uh, we were on, we were on our way to wrestling practice. And my dad saw a sign that, that showed like bandits wrestling phone number. And it was like right at the same school that was right next to the school I was practicing football at. I was always wrestling my dad, uh, in the house. He would always like have some fun, like grab my leg, you know, and pick me up with one leg and I'm just like, start kicking all that. And, uh, he, and then he was like, would you like to start wrestling? I was like, I was six years old. I was like, yeah, wrestling. I, I didn't know what I was signing up for. And, uh, he took me to practice and that was like, kind of it. Like it kind of, it came really natural to me. Like my first year, I remember I was like 21 and two, like, and like the kids that like, I lost my first match and then I won 21 straight. And I think I lost my last match <laughs> and got second at the end of the year tournament. But, um, like after that, it was kind of like, I like this, let's keep going. And my second year, I, I, I got moved up to the, the intermediate room, got my ass kicked all year. I wanted to quit. It was like, these kids were just so much better than me. They'd been wrestling for three years now. I'm only in my second year and they're, they're just more advanced, beat me up all day. And then I went and wrestled kids my age and I whooped them all. So I was like, okay, I still like, I'm still, I'm losing in the wrestling room, but I'm winning out there. Just kept rolling, boom, stuck with it. My dad was like, you're not quitting you got to finish out what you started season's not over. And, and that was something I'll take with me everywhere because now it's like, you got to be a man of your word. You got to finish where you start. You gotta, you gotta push through it, whatever it is. And so, uh, second year grinded through and then just kind of kept getting better and better and better. Seventh grade year, I actually quit football and then wrestled all year round. All the guys I was losing to in wrestling were football. were not playing football. They were wrestling all year round. And so I was like, that might be my ticket. Quit football. Then things started really clicking. One state, my freshman year of high school. As a, as a, I transferred high schools as a newbie in a new high school, one state there, got a lot of recognition for that. And then I was top four the next couple of years. I had a, I, I didn't win it again, but I had a runner up, a third and a fourth, I believe. And, um, and then it was college and it just kept rolling, man, kept rolling. And, uh, Virginia tech for a year, transferred to West Virginia, four years there. And then, uh, finally made a big 12 finalist run my senior year. And that was kind of the, uh, the highlight, even though I, even though I, it, it kills me to talk about that runner up in big 12, just cause, uh, I was winning most of the time and I should have won, but it didn't, uh, didn't go that way. So that's how yeah, it goes you know like sometimes we uh we learn our lessons and, and they bite like they suck like you have to uh reflect on them sometimes a few years later and they never really go away but yeah. we're better for it no matter how much it hurts or how much like it just like sticks with us um with that being said what was your 2020 experience like here we are at the end of the year everybody had something different i'm seeing all these posts about people like oh, i'm grateful for the lessons and some people are like i got my ass kicked and then some people yeah. are like this was great i got married and everything like so many different things i know i have my experience but i'm curious about yours yeah so 2020 man it, it um gosh i've 
it's definitely felt like the longest year I've ever had, but and that, and that could be uh, coming from a different, uh, a couple of different places. But I, er, I mean, I was, I was living in uh, uptown Charlotte, which is like all young people, all young people. And I was, uh, I was right in the, in the city part. It's not the biggest city, but it's a, it's, it's a decently sized city. And I was living right there until COVID hit. And then once, uh, once April hit, I was like, I got to get out of here because I didn't, I just didn't know what it was. And so I moved out to the suburbs 30 minutes outside the city. And I, uh, lived in a big old house with a chiropractor and I taught him, I actually coached him on creating a podcast too. And that was a huge lesson for me because one, I'm not surrounded by my peers anymore. The suburbs are, there's, there's, there's not many of me out there. It's like, I mean, every family had kids. They were, I mean, and it was like, I mean, like the chiropractor was almost maybe double my age, uh, maybe not that old, but, um, it was just interesting. I mean, I was, it was quiet. I got a lot of time to myself that I didn't, I, that I probably wouldn't have taken otherwise. I probably wouldn't have done a, a, a five, six month isolation like I did this year otherwise, but I do think I needed it. Um, and so I'm grateful that I got it and I'm grateful for the lessons I learned through it. And like, I just learned how to be alone again. Like, because if you would, if you would ask me like, right when COVID started, I was like, screw this, man. I ain't, that ain't stopping this. Like, this ain't going to stop me from going to the store. This ain't going to start me from going to the club. This ain't going to, and then it's like, Oh, things are really kind of serious. And so it, I really hit the slow down button and, and, uh, kind of just got back and got back into my ways, started to figure things out alone. A lot of introspective thoughts, a lot of, a lot of writing in this. I got, I got 10 of these. <laughs> I got a lot of writing in that. And, uh, and then I got to do some amazing podcasts, transferring everything over to zoom and, um, just connecting with people that I wouldn't have been able to because I was doing all my interviews in person. And so this gave me the ability to reach out to people that weren't my direct neighbors are my, in my direct city. And, um, that was a good, that was a good challenge and just fun. Just like, I mean, I had a CEO from Hawaii re and like I had him, I had a business owner in Arizona and it was just like, hell yeah. Like, let me just continue to grow this. And so as much as verse, as much adversity as I hit, there's a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity and a lot of change that came from it that I'm very grateful for. And so I hope we don't have another year like 2020 but I'm very glad that I had a year like 2020. I'm on the same page. Like, honestly, I was thinking about like, what, what would my summary of 2020 be? And like, as much as I don't want that to happen again, like I don't want to have to spend all that time by myself. I don't want to have to pivot as many times as I had to pivot. I don't want to have to go through what I had to go through. But if it happened again, I'd be like, what else you got? Like, give me something else like let's see let's see what else i can handle um let's see how much more i can grow and i feel like you kind of like have the same approach to this like just the whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger and i'm very glad to to see that we're both here we're surviving we're thriving living our best life in our um mostly work from home lifestyle and yeah. so Having said that, 
and having seen your your notebook there because um notebooks are uh, pretty powerful especially when you're spending time being introspective how do you set goals like uh we both probably have some experience setting some goals. So what's that like for you? How far ahead do you look? Like, what do you uh, factor into your goals? That's a great question. Um, I, I've always had like a, I've always had a hard time, like with goal setting. I mean, I like, I've, cause I've, I'll set goals, but then it's like, once I achieve them, I won't reset them. And that's something that I've like, I've really kind of figured out with me. And so um, it's, it's a lot harder for me to like have a goal checklist, but I will, I will sit down with a pen and like this book, I mean, this book is not that big. It's about the size of my hand. And so every thought I get essentially gets a page. And so I won't like, I'll start the thought here, but then I will just keep writing. And like, I won't let my, my hand stop writing until the page is gone. And that thought is complete. And so depending on the thought, there can be goals in that thought, like the goals in that page. And so, uh, for me, it's not like, I don't really have like a, a checklist that's like goals. And then it's like, I can check them off, but it's like, I know that I wrote down something in that book and I can go back and check it. And then a lot of times I did exactly what I wrote down and it's like, okay, now I just got to write down some cooler shit to, so I can do next year. And so it's like, it's, it's interesting because like I have goals for the podcast, but I'm so in love with the process that I'm not really looking towards the goal. And that's, and that's kind of something that I've, uh, I've started, started changing my, my framework in my mind to where it's like, I have the goal of reaching 20,000 listeners, you name it, like all like the, all that. But the main goal is to get this, to keep being consistent with my numbers, my, my episodes that I put out, be consistent with what I'm doing. And so I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let my listeners make me feel bad for not reaching a goal because I'm over here working on my goal of hitting a number or my goal of being consistent with putting episodes out. And so it's like more falling in love with the goal of the process than the goal of the actual podcast. And, and so it's like more of it's, it's, it might even be backwards. And, and, but it's like, I know that if I continue with the process, my goals are going to, I'm going to achieve my goals no matter what. But if I focus on the goals more than the process, I can fall, I can slip along the way and might not recover. And so it's more, I'm more, I'm definitely more process oriented than I've ever been before. Um, just because like, as you know, I mean, podcasting is a, is a, there's systems to it. It's not, um, it's not cut dry. It's like, you got to develop the systems to make it easier. And so it's, I'm more in love with finding the system that's going to make my podcasting easier than finding the guest that's going to blow my podcast up. Well, and I mean, that is a wise approach to take on it. Uh, like even when it comes to like fitness, when, when people are like, Oh, I'm going to set a goal. Well, it's like, why don't we just set the habit that's sustainable? Why don't we find the thing that's going to make it so that we don't need as much motivation. So it's like when people are looking for like more movement, you have to find ways that make movement enjoyable. So maybe it's a person going to the park to see the dogs cause they like dogs and then they're moving more and maybe it's just uh changing what sport the person is or what exercise they're choosing or what piece of equipment 
And so when you talk about that and you talk about your podcast, um, I mean, it's something that I think about too. Like oftentimes when I'm feeling low on motivation, I'm like, okay, like, why did I start doing the podcast? And I started doing the podcast so that I would make sure that I was connecting with people and so that I was getting out of my echo chamber so that I was like getting out of my bias. Like if, if I have a certain belief that I just figure it's true and I'm looking for things that confirm that when I talk yeah. to more people, I, I get out of that habit. Um, and then it's just like uh, reflecting on how much being a podcast host can help you grow and oh, yeah. sort of reinforcing that as to your why as to why you keep on track so like you and i we keep on track with our podcast because of the personal growth that we've seen from it and the byproduct is that we create a community we have an audience we have people that like they look through that platform they're looking through spotify or apple music or youtube or wherever that they'll find yeah. us and they're trying to find our stuff because some something in the purpose that we see in what we do is uh bringing them in and when you talk about like getting that that a-list guest that brings in an audience or whatever like it's not always going to work that way like if we do yeah. not feel a purpose in what we're doing it doesn't matter who is on our show that's not going to mean people are going to listen but if if we are fired up about what we do or we feel a great sense of purpose in what we do um then yes the the guest that also feels a sense of purpose in what they do and they've grown an audience of their own it might get some traction um yeah. now that i've finished up this long tangent that i went on oh you're good uh from your interviewing of people what's a lesson that you learned that you did not see coming like something that just kind of like took you aback and you were like whoa i i didn't expect to learn this from this conversation Man, I will tell you one of my favorite conversations that I've had on the podcast is with my musician friend. His name's Harvey Cummings. And it was just the most like he's a musician. He uh he broke his like well his first like big break was he I'm not sure if you watched cartoons when you were younger, but the Boondocks. He made the music for the Boondocks, which was a cartoon on like Adult Swim, things like that. And um and we just started rapping about music and just talking about it. And his ear just came out and like, and like he, cause he was talking about, man, I could, he goes, I could tell, I know what's going on in every movie I watch just based on the music. He's like, someone dies. And then I hear like a slow violin, something. He goes, that guy ain't dead. He can always read it. He's listening to the music in the coffee shops while he's, while he's music and commercials. And it just kind of opened up my eyes to like how much like music is just for most people. I mean, obviously there's some hearing impaired things like that, but for most people, it's a universal language. <laughs> and that kind of just stemmed into a lot of just like thinking for me, because he talks about like the, the Mozart effect. And I was like, I turned it into the Cummings effect because I liked listening to his music and, and just how it's used in, in like as buying power. Like that's why it's like all the Christmas musics in every mall during the season, just to make you feel a little bit more spirited, make you spend a little bit more of that green and, um, and things like that. And it was just like, I, I didn't like, I wasn't that aware that's. And so just like that conversation to bring up that much self-awareness of like, just list like how 
your, how the music and your environment will change your, um, your unconscious like beliefs and things like that, just based on the music that you're listening to. I was like, I was blown away. And so now I'm like listening to everything that I can get my hands on. Like, I'm like listening, like I, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm paying attention to movies. I'm paying attention to just a lot more around me that I didn't expect from a podcast with a musician. And so it's like, and then I even saw something today that like, I, like I, have you ever seen when people put like salt on a black surface and then they play music through it? Oh yeah. And then all changes and it goes into geometric shapes. And I was I, like, my friend posted that yesterday and I was like, man, like that just like, it brings a literal sense to the word vibe. And so it's like, and so now I'm like, man, like, especially when someone came up to me and was like, man, you gotta like, you have a deep voice. It's so soothing. Like I, like, that's why I like listening to your podcast. And I'm like, man, like, it's like, what vibe am I'm creating? <laughs> and so it just, it just made me think of so much more of like what I could be doing with sound and what people are already doing with sound <laughs> that I don't know about that. Like my unconscious bias is just kind of taking over. But that was one of the conversations that I was just like, man, like that one, that one left me with a lot to think about. And then if I had to choose one more, there was one, uh, with, um, Andy Lozier. He's the, uh, head wrestling coach at Davidson college out here in North Carolina. And, um, he had an instant where he calls it being accidentally ungrateful. And so he was, uh, he was riding his bike. I think it was like somewhere along the lines of like a thousand miles, something like that from, uh, the college that he coached at to NCAAs, wherever they were held. I think it was from like New York to St. Louis, something like that. But he was riding a bike there. He just had a meeting in Ohio with the Ohio state wrestling coach. And he said he was on cloud nine, uh, because that coach is just legendary. After that ride, he was riding and he said that he thought that he thought about like just laying the bike down and getting in a minor accident that would probably just like that he could get away with. And then someone would pick him up and then just take him the rest of the way. And then he pulled over in a cornfield and was like, and he broke down and was like, what am I like? Why am I doing this right now? He's like, am I? And then he came to the conclusion that he was being accidentally ungrateful. And then he never did that again. And so I was like, wow, like whenever something's bad in my life and Granted, I've had a very, very smooth, smooth life. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's praying at night. I don't know if it's meditating. I don't know what it is, but I've had a lot of things go right in my life. And, uh, I still have some things that I look at, look back on and I'm like, I wish I could have did something better. But then at the same time, it's like, just be grateful. Just be grateful that things are happening. Don't look at the bad stuff. Look at the positives. And it really just gave me a nice perspective. And so, one of those is a very outward looking thing and the other one's a very inward looking thing. And so I think that those are two heavy responses that to that question that I'm, that I was, uh, that I'm glad I could pull out out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I mean, that was awesome. Cause it gave me a lot to think about. I mean, something that I reflect on a lot is gratitude. Like we, we got through 2020, we got our butts kicked. Um, there's lots of times when we probably would have felt like, why, why am I stuck with this situation? Or like, why was my day like this? Or like, why am I doing this? And so much different context and so many different ways we can apply that. Um, um, but like thinking like 
why, why, why is never going to get us anywhere when it comes to like the science behind progress. I mean, like I don't have any uh, journals to reflect on or like case studies as it were, but like when, when you're focused, when what's top of mind is what's going well, you're more likely to produce more things that go well. Um, and so often I'll be like, oh, like this isn't going right. And then when I like take a step back and almost like go outside of myself to kind of like look at all the things that are in place, then I'm like, actually, like things are actually going really well. Like, yeah. Maybe it's like far separated from where I thought I'd like to be or maybe what my goals were. But like from from a, some kind of a standpoint, things are going really well. Like, I mean if anybody's having trouble, if you are listening to a podcast right now, things are probably going pretty good. Like you have something yeah. to listen to the podcast on. Um, you have a lot of abilities. Uh, you are able to think clearly. You have some downtime. You're likely in somewhere warm. You've probably had something to eat. Like the list goes on. Um, and so getting into that mindset of just like, what is going well? And just yeah. being able to really like lean into that. Cause I know a lot of people, especially people that are gravitating towards podcasts these days, like it feels like a workout to bring out what is going well, because sometimes it yeah. just doesn't feel that way. But I think something like that is helpful. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I thought that was cool with like the, the bike thing. So I was like, oh, I've kind of felt like doing that sometimes just kind of like fake limping to, to kind of get a, a buy or to get an easy ride or get a lift or whatever, just like yeah, different scenarios. But I feel that it's that little, that little fucker in the back of your head, man. It's like, I, it's like, I don't know who invited that guy to the party, but it's like, you gotta let, you gotta kick that guy out before he comes in. Um, and it's just like, I mean, even before that podcast, I'm not going to say that I wasn't grateful for things, but I've always been like a big, big little things guy is what I call it. Big little things guy. It's like, I don't like, I mean, it could be me getting my, getting my contract cut and like, just, I felt like the world's just shitting on me. And then I'm like, I'm sitting here and I like got this like really good apple in my hand. And I'm just like, I, I like, <laughs> I, I had a friend that I actually worked with. His name's Cole. I remember like, I was just like, I was sitting there and I was, I just took a bite of an apple and I was like, when's the last time you had a really good apple? And then he told me, he was like, I wish I could live in your mind just for one day because like just the amount of like, cause he even said it like, he's like the amount of gratitude that you have, the craziness that's going on in that mind is like, he goes, you have a beautiful, like beautiful storm going on in there. And for you to just enjoy that apple, I was like, thank you, Cole. And so that was like, and so I like being a big little things guy. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, like, I mean, more wellness stuff. I love that. I love the sun. Like the sun being out will make my day. Like it doesn't matter. If I, if I wake up and the sun's out, I'm like, holy shit, I can't have a bad day. Sun's out. I'll open my blinds. I'm like, I never use that little thing in your car that flips down. Never use it. I'm like the one like looking for the sun. Let it all in. Let it all yeah. in. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like trying to stare into it. Close my eyes a little bit. Like that's the kind of, yeah. And so it's like, I mean, I'm just a big little things guy. If the sun is beaming on me, there ain't much else going, there ain't much going wrong in my life. And so it's, it's crazy how it, it all kind of turns out, but it's a, uh, it's a fun thing. I think it's fun 
the more little things you can be like, I want to be more grateful of the small things than you. <laughs> we could have a competition. Like, <laughs> Well, I think that you will go places by doing that, by thinking that way, by, by seeing things that way. It's kind of, uh, it goes back to coaching and training again. When you're trying to like sustain good habits, think more about what you can collect and less about what you're trying to get rid of. Like if you are like, let's say you like eating Mars bars and you're eating eight Mars bars a day, don't worry about trying to be like, okay, how can I just eat one Mars bar a day? I mean, that would be a more direct approach, but why don't you just think about like, what would I need to have instead of a Mars bar to make it so that a Mars bar would seem unnecessary? And I'm like, apologies to Mars bar if they were ever thinking of <laughs> sliding in here for a sponsorship. Yeah. But like, then, then you take it from a standpoint of like, what is the most nourishing thing for my body? And like from, from a bro standpoint, the quickest thing to say would be like sources of protein, like that, get some fiber, get some healthy fats, get some yeah. like carbohydrates that come from whole foods. And so like fill up on that. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, Oh, I don't think I could eat a, a Mars bar. I'm actually uh, pretty full. I, I had a lot of vegetables or had a pretty big steak or yeah. tried out this new recipe with tofu. And like, I'm satiated. I'm good to go. And yeah. There's a replacement there. Exactly. It's like, if you, if you're, if you have a bad habit and you don't replace it with a good habit, you might replace it with another bad habit. And so if you're eating all those Mars bars, but you can have, you can just replace it with, like you said, some protein. Hey, get your protein in. You still might eat six Mars bars, but it's better than the eight you were just eating. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like six it would be better than eight. Um, the other thing you talked about music, and I I'm highlighting this because music was so like fundamental. I mean, it's been fundamental in all of the times when I felt like struggle or felt like setback, but for myself this past year i really like leaned into hans zimmer so like if you if you look into what hans zimmer has composed basically like every single movie <laughs> like he's done the soundtracks for like batman and for a handful of like the superhero movies and for i think a number of like the the book series movies like the harry potter stuff i think he's done some stuff for possibly lord of the rings like don't quote me on this because some of this is going to be other yeah. composers it's like all epic music pretty much. like yeah <laughs> i I, would, I'll, I like listen to that stuff while i'm folding my laundry <laughs> <laughs> like i'll listen to like the, the avengers like dun, 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 and it's all just like battles and stuff and i'm just like folding my laundry <laughs> well i mean you talked about the frequency and like the the salt on the surface with like the the vibration and stuff and i i mean there is some science behind that just in how our our brain responds to that and then how we respond to that and how it impacts like how our body is functioning like if you ever feel like nervous or, or something like that or if you're ever feeling like on edge and how music can impact you and then music can help make it easier to to focus on things that you're grateful for or things that are going well um and some things that i've used music for is like i mean it can it can make your message resonate like uh i did a bit of a social experiment that nobody knows about so i'm airing it out uh yeah beginning of 2020 i was doing daily episodes 
uh, I've recently taken them down, but I think if you go to the Lifestyle Chase uh, Facebook page, you can still check them out. So that's some mm-hmm. incentive to go check out the Facebook page. But yeah. uh, it was every single day I was committed to doing like a five to 12 minute episode every day. So I did like probably 150 or so of them before I stopped because wow. like midway through our first lockdown here in Canada, um, I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out of material. I'm repeating myself. I'm getting delirious. I'm not having any, uh, external influence to give myself variation day to day. Um, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to put my energy into connecting externally, connecting with people outside of my, my condo. Um, but in these episodes, when I was, we talked about like the template, making things easier, giving some flow to like make podcasting kind of give you that flow state. Yeah, I actually spent quite a bit of time looking into like frequencies. Um, so if you go on YouTube, you can check out like ohm frequencies. Like there's different frequencies that can bring out like different qualities in us, or can calm down our central nervous system, or can yeah, kind of help like focus. Bit by by ner- by uh, I had uh, I had one of my podcast guests mention like the frequency that's like I just listen to it when I'm trying to get work done because it's supposed to like increase brain waves and things like that and I'm just like dang okay and yeah. like, by no means am I an expert on it or would I be a person to quote on it but it was something that I was interested in in the sense that like I was going to be speaking about things that were happening to me day to day so a person that was listening to it had no real idea of what they were getting but they were coming to it for a reason and i kind of wanted to make that feel like home like a sense of familiarity or a sense of like we know this we know this feeling and so by having this like very subtle like frequency in the background it is essentially acting as white noise because it's like a, a gentle hum but like a calculated gentle hum yeah um and i think it worked <laughs> like it, that's awesome I, it's not something that i do today i don't put any sneaky frequencies in the background today <laughs> but it was just cool to see like how many people would gravitate towards it and perhaps some some people are listening to it today and like oh i did notice that subtle hum like honestly it's basically the same as having your dishwasher running in the background as you record every episode like it's just a consistent background noise but it definitely kind of like it's kind of like when you set the lights in a room and you have like like a a darker shade versus a, a bright fluorescent shade it's just kind of you feel different like if somebody discloses tough truths to you with bright fluorescent lights that's going to feel uncomfortable if you like dim the settings to 70 percent, and somebody says some constructive criticism or they cut your contract short you're going to probably take that a lot easier like you talked about how you got the whisper in the middle of yoga class that uh, hr wanted to see you imagine having to get that like from someone just like screaming at at you in the middle of a mall like hr wants to see you (laughs) like so like context is everything when it comes to that um so i definitely got a lot of value from what you got from the episodes talking about music and stuff if you had to pick a hype song what would your hype song be something i guess you just pumped up for a workout or for your day um shoot man i know i mean my walkout song in college was nelly hot in here and so that's usually the one that uh that comes to mind instantly i'm trying to think now the last of the mohicans theme song is spot on 
Oh my gosh. Like I can listen to that one. That's like another Epic. That's probably Zimmer. <laughs> that's probably Zimmer as well. Um, I have a song that's, uh, that's from, uh, lovebirds. It's, I think it's lovebirds want you in my soul. It's like a kind of an EDM song, but that was the song that I warmed up to, uh, before every wrestling match. It, I had a jump rope routine to it. And then, um, I actually played that song cause, uh, we had like fitness tests in NASCAR too. And so I, I, uh, we were doing a, the jump rope test 30 seconds, as many jump ropes as, as many jumps as you can. And I currently have that Hendrick Motorsports for that. And I was listening to that song. And so it was just like, that song just keeps repeating. And it's just like, I had this flow for that song with the jump rope that like, I could just go for days. And it's just like, I know the beat once the beat kicks in hundred and what I got 132 jumps in 30 seconds. And so it was like that song, uh, love birds want you in my soul is another one. I'll send these to you just because they're, uh, they're nice little tunes depending on what music you like, but easy listening either way. Last Mohicans might be a, a little bit harder just cause it's, uh, it'll, it'll get you blood flowing, <laughs> but it, it's fun. I have a feeling, I mean, if we exchange playlists, we'd both be in for a good time. Like, uh, I mean, I, I share a lot of my music subtly through my, uh, my reels. I've been making good use of reels on Instagram and lately yeah. it's just been like, I'm just going to pick the song that I want to pick. I'm not going to pick something that I think gets a lot of likes. I'm just going to pick a song that I'm feeling that day. And it's been very cathartic. But like to get us on course, this has been one of the most like random, like rapid fire question episodes like ever. So I'll probably yeah. have you back again um, yeah, at a later date at some point in the future. I'm not too yeah. sure when, but like I said, I'm a wild card. <laughs> one thing that I do for my audience is I get the guests to give them a challenge, something that will hopefully uh, set them outside of their comfort zone, but something that relates to you, something that you could give them that very few other people could. So if you were going to give my audience a challenge, what would that be? If I were to give your audience a challenge, what would it be? Hmm. That's a great question. I am. Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, Um, that only I would be able to give. And I mean, don't overthink it. Like maybe, maybe a handful of people would give that same challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to stick I want to stay away from like the, the general, like meditate or, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, gosh, <laughs> This is a really tough question. I'm glad that you brought this up to my attention because I feel like I should have more challenges, um, more challenges available. Let me see. I'm trying to think of what I do with my wrestlers. Um, Oh, perfect. This is one that, uh, my dad used to do with, for me. Uh, if you're watching TV, do 25 push-ups every commercial. My dad, my dad said, you're only, if you're going to be sitting here watching TV, you're going to be doing 25 pushups every commercial. And so whatever it is, pushups, sit-ups, air squats, uh, snatches, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Do 25 of them. 
between every commercial break. Uh, if you're doing anything else that has breaks, I used to, uh, I play Warzone. I don't know if you play any Call of Duty, but I used to do the push-ups for whatever place I got. So there's 150 people that drop in. And then if I got 150th, I do 150 push-ups before my next game. Oh, but if I got man. first, if I got first, I do one push up and then I'd be right back in. And so the better I did, the less push ups I did, the worse I did, the more push ups I had to do. That's so that was a little wild. Like I, I've played. I think I have Call of Duty Modern Warfare or something, but I never really got into it. So that's why I was nah. I haven't played, but I've played enough to know how many push ups I'd have to do. Like, <laughs> like oh my gosh, oh, yeah. Dude, like, why'd you set yourself up for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, it's like if you got a team, if you got a team of four there or a team of three, there's maybe fifty teams in there. But still, you 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 might get smoked off the jump and be forty seventh. <laughs> and they're like and then my buddy it's like my buddies i'm over here turning my headset on mute and my and then i come back on and i'm like breathing in the hard and they're like what you doing over there and i'm like <laughs> i just had to bang out 50 push-ups because y'all suck <laughs> that's awesome but i mean it's a very timely challenge because i mean i don't know if you've seen but in edmonton we're doing a lift the city yeg challenge and so there's about 50 teams within our city that have a number of people and we're trying to accumulate 5 million air squats so oh. if anybody's listening to this now like before january 15th 2021 you can actually go to my social media my page at christian little go click in there and join our team i mean uh we're we're trying to keep it to to edmontonians but if you want to be an honorary edmontonian you're more than welcome to join um but like in just suggesting to like uh almost naturalize like your activities so you talk about on commercial breaks and stuff I, i think that's solid because like i mean ideally it's fun to have activity just in like like let's say you have to help a buddy move like that's your strength training that day kind of thing but when that is not available it's good to have like structure like something that repeats that seems natural that has flow and then you reflect on like why do we do this because it makes us feel better and even if it's just from uh like you got a good upper body pump and that makes you feel better that's great or it can be you're less likely to die of a heart attack that can also be great yeah so I have one more question for you. And this is yeah. one that I've asked all of my guests for, for quite some time now. And is it is, if you had one piece of advice to give someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most true to them way, what would that piece of advice be? It would probably be, don't let someone else carry the key to your happiness. Just because, I mean, I, I, and I found that through meditating. I'm like, like, and Dr. Joe Dispenza has been my mentor for like two and a half years. I've listened to every podcast he's ever been on. I've read all his books. And if you like, like when I meditate, I am the most happiest person. I can feel the love, the gratitude and everything. I'm getting goosebumps talking about this. I get it. Like, I just feel so good when I meditate that when I wake up, I'm not letting someone who just cut me off in traffic, take that love away from me, take that happiness away from me. And so you got to really know that, Hey, if you're unhappy, it's because there's something inside of you that's making you unhappy. It's not like if you let your fifth grade teacher that said something to you back in the day, or you let your, your manager who wasn't happy with how you handled one situation, if you let those kind of affect your happiness, 
those people aren't those people aren't worried about your happiness. They're not, unless they're customer service at Lululemon. <laughs> they're not worried about your happiness. And so it's like, you got all the answers in here. You you got all the truths in here. You got all the happiness, love you need. And so if you let someone else determine if you're still having a good day or if you're happy, then that's on you. And so don't let, don't give that key away. Don't give that, even if it's your spouse, your loved one, I mean, still, they might be having a bad day. Doesn't mean you have to have a bad day. It's okay to have empathy towards them, but you might be the love that they need so that they can see the love in themselves. And so that's probably my one, my one advice is don't let other people hold that key because that key is something I keep close to my chest. Well, I mean, that's an important anecdote to take away from this year in the sense that there's a lot more in our control than what we give ourselves credit for. Like, I mean, sometimes people are like, oh, I can't do that because blank. And the only thing that is in their way is because they didn't try. It's like we we talk about our goals and most often it's because we didn't ask. We didn't uh, we didn't look for to connect the dots from A to B and it might seem like we need all these other things to get to be, but did we ever ask like asking the right questions and seeing it in ourselves, I think makes a big difference. But with that being said, we're going to wrap this up. I'd like to thank you so much for joining me. How can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Yes. Yes. Um, you can find me, um, on most social medias. I'm a Roman, the empire. Uh, I'll, I'll even spell it out. R O M A N. Uh, T H E E M P I R E. You can find me at uh, Roman around.com. Um, and that has all my podcast stuff, Roman around podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google play, everything like that. Uh, I think you can even type in just hashtag Roman around in, uh, in all those platforms to find, uh, to find me as well. And I'm honestly, I'm not really hard to find Roman Perryman on Facebook, yeah, I'm always roaming around. And so, hey, give me a shout. I'd love to connect. I'm always uh, answering DMs and things like that. And so do not hesitate. Let's connect and let's continue to grow together. Solid. Thanks again. Chris, appreciate you.